the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Seven minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Hour number two is underway now. On this Monday, it's the 28th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thanks for being with us on Always Right. We are guest-free in hour two today. So plenty of opportunities for you to fill them up. Right now, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will get you here. I want to say thank you to uh, to Anino Vitale for coming on. You know, this guy is... Um, He's gutsy. I had a little battle with him, a little uh, disagreement on a bill that was uh, uh, that was approved by the Senate. It was a medical freedom bill that was nowhere near as strong as House Bill 248, which was Jennifer Gross's bill, um, which would not only have lifted all of the COVID restrictions that DeWine had imposed upon us, but also made sure that it could never be done again in the future health, you know, emergencies, use that in air quotes and pandemic pandemics and whatnot. And um, clearly 248 was better and a stronger bill, but it wasn't going to pass. It's co-sponsors bailed on it. Okay. Not just its opponents, it's co-sponsors bailed on it. Now that made me upset. I didn't like that. But I was being realistic. If its co-sponsors bailed on it, it's not going to pass. It's dead in the water. What can we get? And there was a subsequent bill that was weaker, but still going to lift the restrictions as they existed now. It gave us at least some time, I thought. Nino Vitale was dead set against it, saying it was bad and so forth. And we got into a good debate about the, uh, and this is off air, uh, via messaging. We got into a good debate about essentially you know, not letting the, the perfect be the enemy of the good. You know, let's get what we can get. So, so Nino Vitale and I, you know, had a really, really, dis, you know, pretty strong disagreement there. But it was never disrespectful in in any way, and that's what I really like about him. And I really like the fact that again, he was fighting for the perfect. He really wanted to protect Ohio citizens from these, you know, these mandates and these other restrictions of our liberties. And and I saluted that. And because of that, he had a reputation. I think I used the description rock-ribbed earlier. And I'll say it again, a rock-ribbed conservative, somebody you weren't going to break with his conservative points of view. And that was recognized by Joe Blystone, his team, and Blystone supporters, the few of them that there are. Um, it was recognized. They liked him. They cheered him. They, uh, you know, they complimented him because they thought that he was Team Blystone. Joe Blystone himself came out, as I pointed out, uh, in March of last year, recognizing Nino Vitale and calling him a true patriot because he thought that Nino Vitale was in his camp. Now that Nino Vitale has issued a full-throated endorsement of Jim Renacci as being not only the best guy who can beat Mike DeWine, 
uh, because of the you know the campaign resources needed, but the best guy for the job because he believes in and stands for um, the most important issues to Nino Vitale, which who again has been so suddenly Nino Vitale went from being rock ribbed conservative patriot in the camp of Team Blystone to a rhino. He's a rhino. He can't be trusted. He's just like the rest of the establishment. Apparently, if you're not for Joe. You are just a rhino establishment DeWine flunky. Which is interesting. Considering that Joe Blystone is quite literally being supported by DeWine supporters. What Nina Vitale said is true. If it's a one-on-one race, 51%, you win. If it's a three-way race and the anti-incumbent vote is split... Mike DeWine can win the entire nomination with 33, 34, 35%. Or whatever the minimum number would be, especially if there's a four-way race and Ron Hood takes some of those away. So as he pointed out, you know, Team Blystone is is literally the um, largest driving force to getting Mike DeWine reelected, unbeknownst to them. I know they don't believe that. I know the, the Blystone supporters are good people. They are. They're good conservative people. But they're misguided in their efforts here, in my view, because having a third member, much less a fourth member, in this primary race is going to guarantee that Mike DeWine walks through the doors as governor again for a second term. It's going to guarantee it. Which means somebody's got to be thinking about the state first and their own self-interest second. And in my view, the only choice there is the very, very low polling and very, very low funded Blystone campaign. I just think that's a reasonable, responsible position to take. But Blystone supporters say that if you aren't Team Joe, you're a traitor to the conservative cause. And that included Nino Vitale, which is pretty remarkable. And as a matter of fact, I read a list based on criticisms from Team Blystone of individuals who are not supporting his campaign that have been been declared to be, branded to be, rhinos and, and pseudo-conservatives or fake conservatives. It's kind of an enemies list, if you will. Now, I haven't vetted all of these out to see exactly where the negative commentary about these Ohio patriots um, you know, can be found, but I, it was posted by somebody that I trust, Somebody that I consider to be a a, a, a very smart guy, uh, who's active and actively involved in office holding positions in conservative clubs in Northeast Ohio, who posted that according to Joe Blystone or Blystone camps camp members, this is the enemies list. Jim Jordan is a rhino. Nino Vitale is a rhino. Tom Zawistowski is a rhino. John Stover is a rhino. Diane Stover is a rhino. Bob France is a rhino, and fake news media. Jim Renacci is a rhino. Tom in, or Tim Inwood, rather, is a rhino swamp rat. John Kopp is a rhino. Tom Renz, attorney Tom Renz fighting so hard for all of our medical freedoms, is a rhino. Stephanie Strong is a rhino. Brad Parscale, former Trump campaign manager, is actually, who knew in disguise, a rhino. Ohio Women for Trump, they're rhinos. Um, Laura Lee, founder of uh, Moms Against DeWine, is a rhino, because she's not in Team Team Blystone, so that's a rhino. 
Uh, Candace Keller, who, of course, now has joined uh, Ron Hood, uh, so she's a rhino. I don't think she should be in this race, neither should Hood, quite frankly, for the reasons I just delineated. There can only be one candidate in this race to challenge DeWine to have a chance to beat him. Uh, and whoever that person is should should be the person. Like I said, I'm not issuing an actual endorsement of anybody, but I am cognizant. Very, you know, it's very obvious who is uh, who is well healed enough and who has enough support to do this. But anyway, Stephanie Stock is a rhino. Ohioans from Medical Freedom. Chris Dor is a rhino. Chuck Larosa is a rhino. There's an enemies list here, basically, that says if you disagree with Team Blystone, you are a rhino, fake news, swamp rat. And these are some of the most conservative patriots in the in the entire state, in leadership positions, or in my case, in public figure positions. And I find that troubling and disappointing. And I'm not going to you know return fire here and call names. Like I said, the supporters of Joe Blystone, I believe, are good, strong, conservative people. I just think they're being led down a road that they may not realize um, the end of. They, they don't understand, I think, where the end of this you know, is going to be. And that's going to be with Mike DeWine raising his hand and being sworn in for a second term. Because this state needs to unite conservatives against Mike DeWine, not attack more vociferously and viciously, violently, vitriolically. That's a lot of V's. I think I said four V's, and they're all accurate another candidate in the race than not the governor. There's more all-consuming hatred for another primary candidate than the actual incumbent who has destroyed our state. Somebody's going to have to explain that to me. I don't get it. Propping up someone who is as vicious and vile in their description of people that don't support their candidate in such a way just seems to be so antithetical to true conservatism. All right, um, that's a lot of stuff, and I do apologize. It's, it's kind of lengthy, and I didn't even get into the half of it, but that's just some of the stuff. So let's go to uh, Medina. Bob, you are, uh, you are on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Yeah, hey, Bob. Um, what you were talking about, China, and you've been saying it, and a lot of uh, knowledgeable people have been saying it, watch out for China, watch out for China. Yeah. My occupation since I've been out of high school, and it's been, you know, 25 years plus, has been that of international trade. I'm a, you know, customs uh, house broker consultant, and uh, if Bob France wants to import something from anywhere in the world, I can tell him how much it's going to cost, how long it's going to take, and everything. Now, let's fast forward to China. It's good knowledge to have, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, well, That's good knowledge to have, if you know that stuff. Right. 85% of my business comes from China. Now, here's what's happening. It's happened, there's a pattern with China up until recently where cost for freight, and you see all these containers floating around there, that's that's what I do. You know, all of that impacts me, my clients here in the United States. The the cost uh, traditionally during the holiday peak season would go up, you know, because of, you know, everybody you know, importing and Christmas and all of that stuff. And then the China holiday follows right after that. They're New Year's. So the cost goes up. It's a general rate increase. And then around April and then up until around September, it dips back down, you know, to its normal cost. Mm-hmm. Bob, 
as an example, since all of this started, since Biden became president and everything, the cost per container, and I'll give you a real quick example for a standard container uh, to any major USA port, $2,000 to $4,000. Right now, it's around $12,000 at least, depending upon the size of the container equipment, and it is not gone down it's gone up 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 and and i assume the projection is going to be i assume the projection particularly now that this war in eastern europe is raging and again as we talked about the likelihood of uh, china uh, actually uh, doing the same thing to taiwan what is the projection about these costs and what is that going to mean what is that going to mean to middle america yeah the projection is this with china they're giving us the middle fingers when it comes to cost. The people I've been dealing with our partners, and there are partners in Shanghai, good people, good people, you know, and, uh, you know, they can only give us what the market is, is telling them to, uh, to yield. And I, why? You know, I mean, I, I, I talk to them like I talk to you. I could pick up the phone and I ask them, what is going on? And the only thing that they'll say is equipment shortage, labor shortage. And that's it. So the costs are not going down. And I don't think yeah. they're going to go down. I think China eventually is going to say, screw you. And, and we put ourselves in that position by being so beholden to the China imports, even though I know that that, you know, that puts food on my table. But, you know, there's the area of world trade, you know, that's, that's out there. But I, this is the pattern I see, Bob. Your thoughts? Well, I, th- I, I first of all, I would defer to your thoughts because you're an expert in the field, obviously, with international trade and international import, and I'm glad to get that information. I just want to ask you one question, though, and, and, and I, I say this with all due respect for your business. Please understand that. I'm not trying to attack, but... Uh, we all know that the you know the, the, the one of the biggest problems with our national debt and the biggest problems with our national economy is the extraordinary trade imbalance that we have with China. We import so many things and we take advantage of their slave labor, uh, quite literally the slave wages that they pay their kids to work in factories and so on and so forth, because um, it's cheaper for us and for our consumers. Um, does it ever bother you? Being an importer yeah. from China as much uh, rather than, than being involved with American industry. Can I tell you what really bothers me? And, and sure. the answer to your question is yes, it does overall. But what really bothered me is when this COVID hit, and we know damn well you know where it came from, <sighs> then everybody's getting their masks from where? China. I mean, our business exploded. We were doing harder planes full of uh, 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 these masks, these K-whatever uh, masks. I, I don't even believe in I never even wore masks because I'm uh, uh, an American, uh, a United States citizen, and a citizen for free speech member. And I believe that with all of my heart, Bob, that this, every, this is all Jive put me on, that they've been doing for a long time, setting this very moment up. And this is the moment. I can see it only because of what I'm seeing with these transportation costs. And our, and our uh, uh, suppliers or our importers now have to bite the bullet. Because, yeah, it, it, it does it bother me? Yes. This import 
from China that I saw, and uh, I was pulled into it because the exports, and that was my field when I started this industry, was exports, ocean exports, air exports. Man, did that drop down. I, I mean, I just had to pull, <laughs> I had to pull my expertise to where the, the money's at, Bob. Yeah, no, I get it, and it's it's just so sad that almost every single thing that you say, every piece of information, makes the situation overall worse. You were exporter; that was your main focus, and then you realized how little money there was because we're not exporting anything, at least not on the scale right. that we need to. But we're importing so many foreign goods, particularly from China, uh, and uh, and it's just terrible for our economy, and it props up a communist nation that is completely absolutely a complete threat absolutely. to the rest of us. I couldn't agree with you more. That's why yeah. it's very uh, uh, the good news is Christ is coming back and the bad news is you're not going to be too happy but it is what it is <laughs> bob i thank you for the phone call and the great information thank you so much uh it's 10 22 we'll take a time out here <laughs> it is what it is bob i thank you for the phone call and the great information thank you so much uh it's 10 22 we'll take a time out here come back to more calls after this show you how government works 60 percent of the time it works every time always right with bob france that doesn't make sense on am 1420 the answer Okay, 1025, we'll go back to uh, the phones again, and Charlie and Westlake is up next. Hi, Charlie, go ahead. Hey, Bob. Last time I was on the, on the line, you couldn't hear me, but I was there. Hey. I can um, hear you just fine now. Great. Nito Vitale, great guy. Uh, he did the heartbeat bill, and I'm, I've always liked him ever since. He's just, a, you know, what's with the Supreme Court this year, he's going to get a lot of credit. Um. Something Trump said over the weekend at CPAC that Putin's making billions and billions more dollars because of oil prices going up. And he said that's never happened. Usually a war, you lose money, but he's making money on a war. And then what your last caller saying that China made all kinds of money on this virus. It seems like we got to figure out if you're a, you cause a crisis, you make money. This is going to happen over and over and over. We've got to stop that because how can, you causing the crisis make you millions and billions. It, I don't know. It's, it's very confusing. Well, well, I mean, I mean no, it's, it's not confusing. You're on it, Charlie. You're spot on it. I mean, uh, the, the answer to the question, and thanks for the call, is because we have a weak, weak leader here who refuses to do what is necessary to stop them from making that money. Look, sanctioning the energy production of the Russians is more important in my estimation than sanctioning the banking industry in Russia, making their uh, their uh, uh, bank accounts essentially frozen the way Justin Trudeau did to the free Canadian people for daring to honk horns for a little while in, uh, in support of their own freedom. But, I mean, this quite literally here, we, we're not doing enough, if anything at all, to sanction Russian energy. I've got stories in front of me right now. Ukraine war highlights need for energy independence. Energy experts running for Congress warn. And it's exactly right. We had energy independence for three and a half years. Well, technically, even during COVID, for four years of the Trump administration. Now, we're dependent on Russian oil. We, who are sanctioning Russia for their unconstitutional, not unconstitutional, they don't have a constitution, but for their, their, their um, internationally illegal invasion of, of Ukraine, and we're buying oil from them. I gave that number on Friday's show. We're importing 540,000 barrels of oil per day from Russia. The Keystone XL pipeline, 
that Joe Biden killed on day one when he when he when he uh, 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 voted to stop the construction and the production of that pipeline on day one, January twentieth, twenty twenty one, would have provided eight hundred thirty thousand barrels. That's right, eight hundred thirty thousand, which which would have been domestic. Versus 540,000 a day imported from Russia, the nation that we are currently sanctioning. You tell me, you tell me how this is going to stop or discourage China or anybody else. Do you think we're going to swear off Chinese imports if they invade Taiwan? Hell, the Chinese are killing by way of concentration camps, torture, murder, castration. I mean, all of the forced sterilizations of, of two, three million Uyghurs in, in China, and maybe it's even more than that. But, but they're doing that right now. And does, that, does that make the rest of the world, sh- in shock and horror, stop doing business with China? No. In fact, the NBA just ran a player out of its league, Enos Cantor Freedom, a Turk, by nationality, and an American who chained, added the name Freedom to his name when he became an American citizen. He's been, he's been publicly criticizing the NBA for its multi-billion dollar deal with China because of their human rights violations. What did they do? Did they say, wow, that's really important information. You're right. We should look into this. No. They had the one team that he was on cut him, and then nobody else touched him because he's bad for business. There's billions of dollars worth of NBA basketball to sell to a 1.7 billion uh, person nation. Business is better with China being open. And for a lot of other uh, industries in the United States, business is going to be better when they can import Chinese goods. I mean, yeah, it's a remarkable thing when other nations can do terrible things. What Russia is doing to Ukraine, what China is doing to the Uyghur population, and yet they make billions in doing so. And that's because the weakness of the West, particularly the leader of the West, the leader of the free world, has been uh, has been laid bare for all to see. Quick time out for news. Right back after this. Always right. AM 1420. The answer. Ten thirty-six now. Onward. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. There's a story that I wanted to get to today that I haven't yet. Let me just give it to you briefly, uh, if I may, before we take more phone calls. And I see the lines are packed. Just bear with me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get there. Um, this is from Forbes.com, and it's about something that we have been predicting, and about something we have been fearing, quite frankly, for some time. And it's um. It's, it's begun to be implemented. A national vaccine pass has been quietly rolled out, and red states are on board with it. 
A national standard for vaccine verifications has been quietly rolling out across the country. Even as the Omicron variant loosens its grip on the world, destinations continue to require travelers to show proof of vaccination. And increasingly, a paper CDC vaccination card is not cutting it. While the U.S. has not issued a federal digital vaccine pass yet, a national standard has nevertheless emerged. To date, 21 different states, along with D.C. and Puerto Rico, offer accessibility to the smart health card. That's a verifiable digital proof of vaccination developed through the Vaccidential Credential Initiative, or VCI. That's a global coalition of public and private stakeholders, including Microsoft, Bill Gates, Salesforce, Oracle, the Mayo Clinic, and other health and tech heavyweights. Very soon, at least four more states are going to be rolling out access to these smart health cards. We've seen a notable uptick in states that have officially launched public portals where individuals can get verifiable vaccination credentials in the form of smart health cards with a QR code, said Dr. Brian Anderson, the chief uh, co-founder of VCI. Half of the U.S. states either already offer accessibility to it or have it in the works. Smart health cards are being described as being necessary to ease travel for individuals. According to Forbes, this report, more than 200 million Americans can now download, print, or store their vaccination records as a QR code. When the QR code is pulled up, only the individual's name and date of birth and vaccination information is visible, they say, to try to make this sound a little bit less threatening, right? No other medical information or personal data is shared. This code is also digitally signed to ensure the card was issued from a verified location and to prevent forgery. And the benefit is it makes it easier to travel. All you have to do is scan your little QR code, and then you can be admitted because you are considered to be one of the clean, one of the vaccinated, not one of the great unwashed, one of the unvaccinated. Red states across the country are getting on board. More than a dozen states have launched their own smart health health card-based portals, At least seven others, including Arizona, Mississippi, West Virginia, have turned to a third party to issue smart health cards. Most right-leaning states offering these cards are doing so very quietly, without any fanfare. But Big Red South Carolina expects to roll out its portal for smart health cards by the end of March as well. This isn't a passport. South Carolina's director of immunizations told Politico, this is essentially a COVID card that people can get at their convenience because it's their record. Utah was one of the first red states to get on board, and there are many others. Now, I could go into the details on this, but I'm not going to because I want to get to the, get to the bottom line here. When they start making these available, and 20-some states are already involved with another half dozen or so going, uh, going forward with this, it's only going to be a short matter of time before availability becomes requirement. In the same way that Biden declared there will never be a mandate for the vaccines themselves, and then he mandated vaccines. To keep your job, you take the jab. In the same way they're saying, well, that the, the uh, QR code, the National Vaccine QR Passport, which only brings up your name and your date of birth and your vac status, they say, that that's available. When they tell you it's just going to be available but not required, do you believe it? After what happened with the vaccines themselves? Of course not. Not if you're smart. So what's my bottom line here? My bottom line here is that the hell with 
the vaccination status. Do you understand that when the government gives you this QR code, that QR code is going to flag everywhere you go that you flash it, that it is scanned. You follow me? Privacy will be a thing of the past. You will have no earthly idea how many people know exactly where you've been and where, you, and where, you, uh, where you're going if you allow them to scan your past just to show that you've had a vaccination. That identifies you. What database does that go into? What pattern of behavior does that create about you in the eyes of the government and anybody else who can hack into it? This is the beginning of government tracking your every move, your every location, every decision. They start with, this is just to show that you've been vaccinated, to make sure everyone is healthy. See, aren't we kind and aren't we good people? We're trying to make sure our population is healthy. That's all this is. It's only going to tell whoever scans it whether or not you've had your vaccination or not. Exactly when does that become, it tells everybody whether you've had your booster or not. When does that become, it tells everybody whether you've had your annual or twice annual every six-month booster. It's just going to tell whoever scans it whether or not you've had the flu shot. It's going to tell everybody, most importantly, where you have been. When these QR codes become mandatory for you to carry and show to get into places, personal privacy will be a thing of the past. We will be living in a 24-7 surveillance police state. I do not believe I'm overstating that even a little bit. Read that story. I'll put it on, in fact, I just put it on my Getter account, Getter, G-E-T-T-R. Look for Always Right, W-H-K on Getter, and you can read that story there out of Forbes. It is very, very troubling. Okay, TJ in Cleveland, you're next. TJ, go right ahead, sir. Yeah, you know, Bob, I hear all this threats and saber-rattling coming from Potato Head Joe and these European leaders. <laughs> and in the reality of things, 40% plus of the energy for Europe comes from Russia. If that supply was to be shut down, well, Europe would be starting to enter the dark ages immediately. And not to mention, like you said, how would Joe replace the half a million barrels a day we're buying from Russia now? And then when I start hearing these people talking about a possible invasion of Russia, you know, these buffoons here in this country in Europe are putting the life of hundreds of millions of people at risk with this bullcrap they're talking Only a fool or a maniac would invade a country with the nuclear arsenal that Russia possesses. Now, this could have been averted, Bob, easily. Uh, If they would have armed the Ukraine up handsomely the last few months, I don't think Putin invades the Ukraine. Or if they would have sat down with legitimate uh, uh, negotiations and promised him no uh, NATO country in in, uh, Ukraine, that might have worked. Now, about the only solution Potato Head has now is to make his son Hunter Secretary of State. Because we all know he's got all them great deals with Russia, China, and the Ukraine. And, you know, that, that might sound a little ridiculous, but anybody that could make Buttigieg uh, Secretary of Transportation, surely uh, Hunter Biden wouldn't be any worse of a pick for Secretary of State under this administration. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter Biden would be better served as drug czar, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, to, to, yeah. To, to, your, to your first point, and thank you, TJ, for the phone call. Um, I don't necessarily agree that Putin would not have invaded had we armed up Ukraine a, a ton in the first place. 
only because Putin is not somebody who shows weakness. And Putin isn't going to have drawn up plans to go into Ukraine, then seen what kind of a, you know, uh, of, of a defense that they're able to put up and say, okay, we're scared, we're not going in. That's not how he, that's not how strong men dictators um, operate. I think he probably still would have considered it, but I would feel better about the chances of them being repelled by Ukraine had we been able to do that. And by the way, this is a kind of a, an often repeated comment, and I, but I think it's worthwhile here. It's not mine. But somebody pointed out the obvious. Don't you think those $85 billion worth of, the media, of uh, military equipment that we left for the Taliban would look awfully good sitting in Ukrainian, Ukrainian control right now? Just, just saying. Joe Biden, by virtue of his completely botched, embarrassing withdrawal from Afghanistan, leaving not only hundreds of Americans behind and thousands of Afghan allies to the American cause, also left behind $85 billion worth of uh, weapons, uh, uh, transport vehicles, munitions, and more. Those $85 billion worth of weapons are now in the hands of a, of a terrorist organization called the Taliban, when they could be in the hands of a sovereign people trying to fight to defend their land against a Russian invasion. Just saying. Uh, let's go to Tom next in Florida. Hey, Tom, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for calling. Go ahead, sir. Tom, are you there? Can't hear Tom. Maybe he is uh, away from his phone. That's okay. Uh, let's go to Navy man Norm in Strongsville next. Norm, are you there? Well, to add fuel to the fire, the FERC, the Federal Energy uh, Commission, has banned all the natural gas production in the state of West Virginia for our country. Uh, that happened about, uh, I believe, two months ago, but nobody reported it. Of course not. And I have a feeling it was a retribution against uh, Joe Manchin by the uh, occupier in chief's uh, administrative regime. Now, <laughs> our news media, and, and, and I should say that's a joke. It's not a news media. It's a propaganda uh, cover Biden's you-know-what. Never reports anything of this nature or what you just said about the fact that we're importing 40% of U.S. oil and it's dirty oil. It's not the kind of oil that we produce from Russia, from Mother Russia. So in essence, uh, the occupier in chief is financing the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, period. End of story. And I'd like some Republicans to get some cojones and stand up and report this. And keep beating the drum. I don't understand the Republican Party, Bob. You know the letters GOP? Yeah. I think it's just for gutless on parade. <laughs> and and it's become apparent, with the exception of a few uh, firebrands like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates, and uh, the Congresswoman Green from Georgia, mm-hmm. and Christy Nome, and uh, our wonderful governor from Florida, they have no cojones. And no spine. It's like they just go their merry way. They send me emails day after day from the Senate Finance Committee for the Republican Party. And I reply back and I send it back to them. When you grow a pair of cojones, then maybe I'll think about donating. But right now, I want nothing to do with them. Not absolutely nothing. I mean, they're worse. They are worse than the Democratic Party. Democratic Party sticks together like glue. Republican Party, like I said, 
GOP, gutless on parade, Bob. Well, That's here's it. a here's a couple of, and thank you, Norm, for the call. Um, just in a general sense, <clears throat> the the Democrat Party lives and thrives on groupthink, largely. Because uh, you're right, they always stick together because they always pretty much share the same ideals. Now, it's not always. You know, let's let's be. There are outliers. For example, in the upcoming State of the Union address, you're going to have a Republican response by the governor of Iowa. For those who don't know that, the Republican response is always the the uh, you know the minority party or the party that's not in the White House gets to give the response. We've watched it for decades. But there's going to be a second response, and it's going to be by another Democrat. It's going to be by Sharia Tlaib. And yes, I know her name is Rashida, but I call it the way I see it. Sharia Tlaib in Michigan is going to give her own response to Joe Biden in which she's going to condemn Democrats for not being leftward enough, for not being completely, radically left. She's going to call out Joe Manchin. She's going to call out uh, a cinema. She's going to call out uh, the Democrat Party for not uh, uh, doing enough to change the voting laws and so on and so forth. So the Democrats can be a little bit guilty of infighting as well from time to time. It's more of an outlier. Generally, they subscribe to groupthink. They do want their messaging to be cohesive because it helps, you know, the more, the more it's repeated in the more different places and the more different places where it's repeated, the more likely it is voters and people will believe that it's true and that it's accurate. Republicans are different because generally speaking, Republicans are free thinkers. And I say this with kind of a, with some difficulty because that's good and bad. Republicans are the party of ideas. Here is one idea. Let's see how this one goes. Another Republican says, no, 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 no. That's completely backward. That's false. This is a better way to do it. They, they, they end up infighting, and they may end up not condemning that which should be con- that, those things that should be condemned, oftentimes because they are a party of free thinkers and a, a party of, that does not believe and subscribe to groupthink. A Tucker likes to end his shows that way, and will never subscribe to groupthink. That is a Democrat trait. And it's not a Republican trait. And like I said, that's a good thing because I think it makes us better. It makes us stronger, but it's also a bad thing because it does divide us and it does make us weaker in some places and in some ways. So I do understand your point. And what you said, Norm, at the end there where you talked about that you think that the GOP is uh, is worse than the Democrats, you sound like me talking about the state of Ohio Republicans, the ORP. I've asked this question before, and I'll ask it again. What need have we for a Democrat party in the state of Ohio, for an opposition party in the state of Ohio, when we have the ORP? Because they are just as bad, if not worse. Maybe worse, because they actually are trying to lead people down a primrose path, trying to lead people into thinking that they are doing what's right for the people of Ohio, and that they are truly conservative in nature, and they're not. They're just as bad as the Democrats, but worse, because they feign being Republicans. Thank you so much for the call. Quick time out. Right back with a couple more after this. AM 1420, The Answer. The biggest ally of our free people is the truth. Because the truth often poses a threat to power. Always right with Bob France. Truth is the most important value we have. On AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1055, we got time for a couple more phone calls. Uh, let's get one from Joanne in Twinsburg. She's been waiting the longest. Hi, Joanne, go ahead. Morning, Bob. No, I told your screener, you know, I only saw a clip of Peppermint Patty yesterday basically blaming us and people of the West for being so reliant on fossil fuels that we almost deserve these high prices. 
You know, I mean, she makes me sick. You're you're right. No, I, I yeah, you're right. She, she did that. On I, the Sunday shows, you know, like well, you know, if we weren't so reliant and we were more on, you know, windmills, you know, since since you we brought this be up, Joanne, about this now. Yeah, yeah, since you brought this up, Joanne, just and thanks for the call. Keep listening. I'll just play this real quick because our man Johnny pulled it for from you. Senator Tom Cotton is coming up on the program next. He says the United States should be doing more to crack down on the Russian energy sector. Here's what he had to say. <laughs> How about we impose those sanctions, but we lift all those restrictions on the production of American oil and gas so we can start drilling on federal lands again and putting out new leases so we can reopen the Keystone Pipeline, which would bring more oil into America every day from Canada than we import every day from Russia. President open to those proposals? Well, first, George, I think on the energy sector, the way that the president, President Biden, has approached sanctions is we want to take every step to maximize the impact and the consequences on President Putin while minimizing the impact on the American people and the global community. I'm going to pause there to let you know what that means. We're not going to put sanctions on Russian oil because we take Russia's oil from them and import it here and pay him billions to do it. And if we sanction it, then we can't get Russian oil. And he refuses to allow America to produce the oil. And so energy sanctions are certainly on the table. We have not taken those off. But we also want to do that and make sure we're minimizing the impact on the global marketplace and do it in a united way. I would say... Which continues to enrich Putin. That the congressman's recommendations there, the Keystone Pipeline, was not processing oil through the system. That does not solve any problems. That's a misdiagnosis or maybe a, a, a misdiagnosis diagnosis of what needs to happen I, they, these people have an addiction to lying i think that just is it, it should be dealt with i mean and seriously i mean i don't know if it can be dealt with chemically or through 12-step programs but literally the keystone xl pipeline was on tr- on track to produce eight hundred thirty thousand barrels of oil a day for domestic use and guess what your guy killed it while it was still being completed your guy killed it on day one of his presidency tell the truth and she went on to say, as jo- Joanne pointed out, that we need to break our addiction to oil in, in the first place. Let's start building more windmills. That's liter- literally their answer to this this problem. Tom is in Medina next. Hi, Tom. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, Bob. Hi, let me take let me take it off speaker. Uh, Real quick, I don't have a ton of time. Okay, here, Tom. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. Well, I uh, well, I had a couple things to say, but I spoke to one of Renee's campaign uh, people and. And my problem with the uh, Renacci campaign is they don't believe the guy flat out said, like Frank LaRose said, our voting machines are not on the Internet. That is a big lie. And that is that is my biggest problem with Renacci. The other thing is Mike Renacci complaint maintains that Mike Lindell endorses him. And it was even on Renacci's website. Mike Lindell would not. He did. He would not endorse a person who doesn't believe in Tom. You're, the Tom, 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 you're a one-trick pony, and it's getting old. I appreciate the call. Mike Lindell did endorse him. It was in text form. It was literally in writing. It has been published. Mike Lindell pulled back because of your buddy, Doctor Frank. That's what happened. Thanks everyone for a great conversation today. Not endorse a he person did. who doesn't believe in Tom. You're, the Tom, 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 you're a one-trick pony, and it's getting old. I appreciate the call. Mike Lindell did endorse him. It was in text form. It was literally in writing it has been published mike lindell pulled back because of your buddy dr frank that's what happened thanks everyone for a great conversation today back tomorrow let's go brandon 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.